This podcast often contains controversial or mature topics. You have been warned. Editor's note, we mistakenly thought that this movie had two different directors. It did only have one director, but both Abrams and Johnson worked together on the story with the transition between 7 and 8, and that was our concern that the writing staff uh, had two different kind of visionary directions, and that caused confusion. Thank you for your understanding. Hello and welcome back to Ray Gun Readers. This is the uh, the time of the year when the planet Earth is at a certain point in its orbit around the sun and it's cold and there are many, many seasonal traditions and celebrations for Earthlings, but none are more... Let's be, uh, it's only cold in the northern hemisphere <laughs> of the planet, okay? That's where all the important worlds are, clearly. <laughs> Uh, the only, the most important, of course, and the oldest tradition is Star Wars. So today we are talking uh, about that, Star Wars. Is that a Wars. Christmas tradi- tradition on Earth? I'm it, not even sure. It is now. <laughs> the last two years, uh, three years, it's been a Christmas tradition. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Wait, three? It was a Christmas tradition for Rogue One, too? Yeah. It came out on Christmas? Yeah. They release, uh, I believe, yeah, they released in December. Uh, are you sure about that? You want to check your facts? I'll check my facts. I'll check my facts in just a moment. But hello and check welcome, your everybody. facts. We are going to be talking about Star Wars Episode 8. We are eight. the only people on YouTube that yes. ever had the idea of discussing Star Wars. Um, and this is how much we love you guys. We haven't even seen Red Letter Media talk about Star Wars before. Oh, wait. Did they talk about Star Wars before we talked about Star Wars? Oh, no. Are you talking about the nerd crew? No. Talking about half in the back. I don't know. It came out. It came out. It came out today. I haven't oh, seen it yet. Boy. <laughs> uh, but wow. yeah, other than us and other than Red Letter Media and us, no one else on YouTube has capitalized on talking about Star Wars. So we're going to talk about most... Star Wars. And everybody is going to disagree with everything we say <laughs> well, because people, be... I've I've disagreed with a lot of things that I've heard already. Oh man, I had a I had a big discussion on Too Spooky today actually during my lunch really? break. Yeah, about what? Uh, um, oh, well, well, we'll discuss it. Um, there's a lot oh, of back okay. and forth. Well, um, how are we going to structure this um, asinine discussion about something that our culture cares way too much Star about? Star Wars. We're going to break it up into three portions, and uh, just to let everyone know, right now, this is going to contain heavy, heavy spoilers. So the f- no, no, the first portion is going to be just our initial impressions, spoiler free. Which, if anyone's curious, that will give them the opportunity to listen and see what we kind of generally think. And then they can stop, go watch the movie, come back, listen to the rest of it. Um, borrowing this heavily from our um, our reviews with The Witching Hour when we did Life. So, kind of the same thing. Also, but like, do we have a section where we're going to talk about the good stuff in the movie? Yes, actually. And like, the bad stuff in the movie? I, I kind of want to start with the good stuff in our in-depth portion. Okay. Oh, that was me. Oh, okay. That was that was my butt. That wasn't my butt. I, I would hope not, because their butt scrape metal. <laughs> uh, so yes, so we're gonna do just our kind of initial reactions to it, our general sense of how we feel about it. We're gonna go kind of into a little bit of background of what Star Wars means to us, what we like about Star Wars. Uh, you mean like how everyone feels about Star Wars? Not everyone feels the same about Star Wars. 
Okay. That, that This movie has proven that. And then we met a pleb last night who'd never seen Star Wars. But knew a lot through osmosis, which is a testament to how much of a cultural touchstone Star Wars really is. It's, right. It's intense. And then I think we'll just close out with um, some closing thoughts. Do you think like in a thousand years, people are going to look back and go, you know, to the historical texts or the historical... Oh. In uh, 2,000 years, I assure you, uh, Jedi and Sith-isms will be a bona fide religion. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I would not be surprised. But People are already, like, on, this, on the, um, the censuses that come out, they'll put Jedi or Sith. I don't know, because the things that survive culturally are always really interesting. They're not always... You're saying Star Wars isn't interesting? No, I'm just saying, like... <laughs> Mozart was more interesting than Soliari, even though Soliari was more prolific and more, um, what's the word, uh, popular at the time. Okay, but... Just, you know, saying... Star Wars is... Well, I, it, it depends. It Maybe depends. in the future they'll be super into... Um, Kanye West. Yeah, like deciphering what Weird Kanye Al. West really means with his lyrics. And even in a, a thousand years, they still won't be able to know. He's a genius. They're probably not going to know 99.5%. 995 huh? Unless they're like history nerds like you. <laughs> maybe, right. who knows, maybe we'll be the most famous Stop people Stop stalling in for time years. so we can talk about Star Wars, <laughs> the most important thing ever to exist. So, uh, do you want to go first? No. Okay, I will go first. <laughs> so, the question is... Just a brief statement on whether what does Star Wars mean it. to you, Abysmal? That second part. You didn't listen to anything I just said. No, no. What is it? Okay. okay. So basically, did I like the movie? Would I recommend it? Ah. And the oh gosh, the brief statement is, um, it's complicated. I liked parts of it. Uh, there's other parts I did not like that prevent me from being as hyped up about it as other people. I think. I would say see it to kind of decide for yourself because for me and for other people I've spoken with, this was kind of the the movie to see if I want to continue watching Star Wars, if I want to continue, you know, going to the movies and everything. And uh, that that answer to that question is pretty complicated too, so I'm not going to say it here. But I would say see it, um, and I'm conflicted on how I feel about it. What about you? Brief statement. Brief statement. Brief statement. Well, I went kind of went into the movie because somebody paid for my ticket, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have paid. I wouldn't have paid to go to it myself <laughs> in the first place. But I, I, at the end of it, I have really mixed feelings, and I'm willing to see the third one because I watched this one, mm -hmm. which is that that's the best thing I can say about it is that they kept. I'm willing to go to the next one. They they um they interested me enough into making their return, mm -hmm. making me return on the third one. So mm -hmm. I guess Disney wins. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Disney uh often gets their way. They just did buy most of Fox, so that's a good indicator. Okay, so spoilers starting now. Well, not really, but like this is a good spot to stop and uh, go see the movie if you haven't, and then tune back in. Wait, wait, wait not spoilers yet. Uh, Luke is pregnant with another Force baby. Spoiler, not spoiler. Oops. Did I say that out loud? That's what he's been doing on the island this entire time, having Force babies with those... Uh, well, like I can't say that because that's a spoiler. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, the island is inhabited by other people. <laughs> 
which you don't figure out until what, like 40 minutes into the movie? And not at the first, like, yeah, we'll get to that. So rather quickly, I want to go into uh, what is your experience with Star Wars? My experience with Star Wars? Yes, I can Um, go first if you want. Go ahead. Okay, so Star Wars, um, I saw the original trilogy. Gosh, I forget how old I was, but it was during one of the theatrical re-releases to get everyone hyped up for episode one. So my parents took me and I loved them. Loved all of them. I immediately wanted to be in that world, wanted to be in the Star Wars galaxy. Who doesn't? Um, That's the the charm. That's the charm of Star Wars. Despite its age, it is so immersive and very compelling. Very well put together. There are flaws, of course, but oh yeah, man, are they overshadowed? The There's a lot of flaws. They're, in the they're, story. They're like every movie, but um, none of them take me out of the experience, which I can't say the same for eight. Um, the prequels, I was a very young kid when I saw them, so I remember not knowing a lot of what was going on, but boy, do I love lightsabers. <laughs> um, and I think that was a primary target audience for the prequels right and we they, were in our teens when that came out huh? I, I, I think pre-teen i think pre-teen. i think About pre-teen. There. i remember that because uh my cousins were uh, were super into hayden christensen <laughs> when they were around my age hayden, yep. that's how you say his name right hayden? hayden christensen yes so um may or may not be related to him so yeah that that's the age we were is that that man was supposed to appeal to my demographic which he did i guess what, he, did, he nailed he like Natalie him? Portman. <laughs> Something worked. Well, in inside the movie he did. In reality, probably oh, not. Who knows? <laughs> I wasn't there. Um, yes, yeah, so saw all the prequels. Kind of didn't I never they didn't rewatch the prequels for a long time. I would occasionally rewatch the original trilogy, but the one thing the prequels did that I can say is a bonus is they influenced a lot of really, really, really good video games who had the foresight to put themselves even farther away from the movies and kind of expand on the already existing universe, hence expanded universe. There's a lot of really good writing in there. There's just a lot of, there's something for everybody in the video games, um, believe it or not. And that was my kind of, that was me tuning into Star Wars for a long time until Seven and the new trilogy started up after Disney bought them. So, yeah, I mean... I would say that I watched Star Trek more than Star Wars, and Star Trek's had a bigger kind of influence on me and my tastes, but Star Wars was formidable and sizable. And I, you know, I love, when I was, my love of music was definitely influenced by Star Wars and John Williams' orchestral scores. So um, I think that's that's the importance of Star Wars to me. What about you? Um, When I remember first... My parents had Star Wars on VHS all through while I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I wore out Return of the Jedi because that one was my favorite. <laughs> um, for me, I grew up in a small house and uh, we didn't get out a whole lot. So, like, it was a, a world I could escape to, hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I didn't play any of the video games, though. You didn't play... um. Hey, didn't you? Didn't you guys Which have one? something on N64 or something? Star Wars? Oh, yeah. dude, that fucking game. Oh, gosh. Rebel, not Rebel Commander. No, um, um, 
I'm forgetting the one on Star Wars. Yeah, I'm the I'm, one on Star Wars. The, the Star the Wars on, one. Jeez, um, <laughs> give, me, give me your phone. I have my phone. Okay. Yeah, no, I watched my brother play that game a lot, and the 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 backgrounds, the the music was so immersive and cool. Now we are currently looking and up it the Star Wars game. Freaks me out. Uh, was it a? Was it like a? This is going to be hard, by the way. Shadows of the Empire. Oh, okay, you found it. No, no, no. Yeah, it was Shadows of the Empire. For the N64, I thought Oh my gosh, that game was so hard and was scary and had all these levels with the bosses that would um, freak me out because there were a lot of robots. And there was, I remember one of the later levels um, was on the Death Star Mm -hmm. and just the scenes where you could look down and you were looking into oblivion, like Mm, purple haze Yeah, with the music in the background. I I don't know. I mean, back then that was scary because those graphics were pretty new. (laughs) Right. We hadn't seen that before. Like going back and playing this game makes the... The reason it goes off into infinity is because they couldn't <laughs> render that far. Yeah. But um, it was easy. <laughs> oh, our space kitty wants in. Yeah, sp- Keep talking um, to the people. But yeah, it was for me. It's just you know another you environment. I was so I wish I was in. I guess. You want to talk about Star Wars? No. Okay. I'm trying to think how it really influenced me. Other than that. Well, while you're thinking about that, um, I just want to say on the video games, um, the first Star Wars video game I had was a kind of like a flight simulator one where you had to like fly the training mission um, in a weird, I forgot the name of the ship, but you were flying in a canyon and it was like control with a joystick or control with Uh a mouse. That was fun. Um, Then when the prequels came out, I played uh, one with my brother, which was a co-op game where you basically took over two Jedi and you just played through episode one. Mm -hmm. That was very fun. It was very well put together. And then I played a lot of the two, the first two Knights of the Old Republic games or KOTOR as they're called, which are basically, um, there are single player RPGs, very story heavy, very well written. Um, I, I, I think a lot of the new Star Wars are trying to be what the video games are. And failing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they should not try to be that because video games work for a reason. Movies work for a different reason. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to say about the video games. So did it mean anything to you other than just um, escapism, which is perfectly valid? Is it perfectly valid? I, think I don't so. feel like it is. I think so. Um, I remember in high school, one of my friends who I think went into the 501st, <laughs> super into Star Wars, started a, a, a forum where we could all basically RP different characters. And yeah. had a, a fun, I had a fun Force-sensitive character. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, you know, there was enough that you could research it and find yes. where where this, this character's from, create a backstory, <laughs> create a reason for being there, all that, all that junk. So, yeah. I mean, as that goes, what happened with Star Wars... Um, the the um the iceberg of knowledge on it allowed for a lot of um, creativity mm-hmm. a lot of fan a lot of, movies came out yeah. a lot of there's a role playing game uh people and it's yeah. i know it's not, like the less i knew the more that the 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 expanded universe would surprise me yeah <laughs> and there was a lot of it there's a lot of it out there Right. It's just novels and novels and novels. So I guess I, the more I think about it, I'm, I guess I'm not super, super mm-hmm. crazy into Star Wars. <laughs> but, you know, I know people who are like easily outstrip me as fans. Oh, yeah. And um, oh, yeah. like the, the the people that 
the thing that I think is really special about Star Wars is its ability to create characters. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes, like, those characters don't even have to have very much airtime. I remember in the new series, uh, my favorite character was, uh, what's her name? Ayala Sakura. She was a background Twi'lek. The new series? The the one, two, and three. Oh, the the prequels. Okay. The prequels. Um, she was a background Twi'lek. I met her, I met the actress at Comic-Con and she had, <laughs> you know, she had a huge line with General Grievous. General Grievous she, He was, was also there. there. My brother got a signature from him. Um, you know, all this, all this stupid shit. It's like. Batman. That's what Grievous sounds like I don't know. I, I, we'll get into this, but. Mm-hmm. But there's just an ability to, to create. I, I don't know. For. A young person, I think it challenges their it challenges your mind. It invites Cre- creativity it, and imagination. It invites create it. It does and absolutely. I mean, so I mean, I I hear a lot of criticisms that um, Star Wars actually isn't that. Um, there's Big. not much you can do with it. <laughs> I think I disagree with that overall because a lot of things work. Mm-hmm. I mean, the prequels weren't great, but a lot of things work about the prequels. And we'll get into that, too, yes, I think. We're yes, going to have we a will. really long discussion. You're going to have to edit a whole lot. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I would completely agree with you. One of the majestic things about George Lucas's creative vision is that um, it, it's if you just go by the movies, the galaxy is not that big. There's not too much in it there's planets but they're all like you don't spend a lot of time going over them mm-hmm. and that but it, they're so rich that y- your mind can wander forever and make new places and that's one of the nice things about the expanded universe is it just lets people kind of you know make up other stuff and run with it and it's gorgeous but it's unifying enough that someone if someone looks at it, they'll probably go, that reminds me of Star Wars. And they'll say, yes, that's exactly what I was going off of. The, okay, one of the things that Star Wars has that I'd say Star Trek doesn't have, mm-hmm. because Star Trek has uh, a built-in flaw that it has to explain everything, which limits the True. ability of what you can do with Star Trek. True. So, um, But Star Wars feels lived in. Mm-hmm. Every corner of it feels like if you go there... You're gonna encounter something new. Yeah. Like in the the four, five, and six, they don't they don't ever walk into an empty building. There's always a new alien. There's always a new robot. That's true. Every it feels lived in. It feels like there's a million stories all at once going on around it's you. Funny you should mention that because Slime Beast said something in Too Spooky Today about uh, how in the prequels, like almost all the sets, if you're not in space, are pretty confined. Mm-hmm. Um, the hallways are you know, big enough for someone to walk through Mm -hmm. and the sets are rather like judicious with their space. Mm -hmm. Um, The prequels, because CGI is a thing and blow screens a thing, are huge. Everyone's in this very wide open space most of the time and it's all fake. In four, five, and six, you mean? No, in one, two, three. In one, two. Yeah. Oh. Think like hallways are big, so auditoriums it, are big, the yeah. battlefields are big, the arena they're in is big. Even though them they themselves are in a small space. Yeah, they are. And it's definitely you can see a visual contrast in four, five, and six dealing kind of the art through adversity thing of, you know, we have to make a set. We're not we don't have Disney money. So um this is what this is gonna look like. And it for me. It forces a lot of more charm because, mm-hmm. like those sets, they they're decorated well, they're set very well. 
Poor Space Kitty. She's just going to meet with us for food, which I already fed her. So it's not like I'm not feeding not, her. She doesn't want food. She wants you to pet her. Probably. But, um, yeah, we're going to talk about what's good about. I mean, at some point, <laughs> we're going to have to focus on the movie we watched. Yeah. So um, let's move into if you if you have anything else what, to say. What were you saying? You were saying something important. I forget. Uh, just just the set design. Um, small versus big. And that's it. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So move, art through adversity is what you're saying. Art through adversity, which the four, five, and six, well, especially. I think four. I think it's actually really important to um, to talk a little bit about four, five, and six specifically because this movie is trying to mirror a lot of the things four, five, and six did. Yeah, uh, some eight, of yes. it is doing is very successful. Some of it is very unsuccessful in mm-hmm. my opinion. So, what did Star Wars win an award for? A New Hope won a, a special effects an Academy Award for special effects. Absolutely. Let's talk about that. Well, they, before we do that, um, uh-huh. I just want to say, like, we're going to the next phase of the review, and we're going to be bouncing around on topics a lot. This is going to be very free form, but overall, and at the end, we're going to answer these questions: Is Episode Eight a good movie? <laughs> Outside of Star Wars, is it a good movie? Out, like you mean by itself? Yes. Okay. Is it a good Star Wars movie in the context of Star Wars? And will, you kind of already answered this, but will we be seeing the new movies? Will we be seeing the TV show, the standalones, all that? Will we continue to take part in Star Wars? Uh So those are the three we're going to hope to answer. So yes, uh, continue please. What was I saying? I don't remember. Special 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 effects. effects. Special effects. Let's let's, let's talk about special effects. Mm Mm-hmm. A New Hope won awards for special effects. Do we know uh, if they won oh, effect, uh, awards later in the five and six? I do not know. Um, I could look it up, but... I kind of want you to. Okay. Go ahead and talk. I will look it up. So in four, five, and six, they use a lot of models. They use a lot of puppets. They use a lot of... Um, uh, uh what's the word optical illusions Mm -hmm. they 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 um i mean i i won't say that everything they do is perfect but i will say that those effects are part of what makes four five and six the star wars franchise absolutely so we have these puppets that they created right jabba the hut is a puppet in fact when they tried to do them as a cg um character in one of the um, the remastered versions of four, um, he looked terrible. <laughs> um, partly because the effects were bad, but even if the effects were really good, I don't think it would be Jabba the Hutt. He wouldn't move the same. No, he wouldn't. You know, it wouldn't feel the same. And the reason I bring that up is because there are certain characters in five that are CG. There are certain characters that are puppets. The same time, it feet the Who's entire, CG in five? Uh, butthole face lady. You mean eight? Oh, is that what I said? You mean seven? Well, she's also what on I, eight. You said, I, you said five. My bad, my bad. Ugh, <laughs> God damn it. We're going to do that a lot. There's so many of them. There's so many. There's so much to talk to about right now. But let's talk about eight. Um, there's there's CG characters. Snoke is CG. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the little rabbit things, the frost rabbits... Frost foxes are um, CG. Crystal critters. The crystal critters <laughs> from the Crystal Kingdom. The, um, <laughs> the big horse, cute horse, big-eared furries are, are CG. 
Um, and they also look very Disney overall. I think a lot of people are going to look at those characters and say, oh, those are Disney. This is pissing me off. I keep like it won one Oscar and it got 21, uh, oh, 21 wins, 19 nominations. And it won't tell me which ones are which. OK. Which is very annoying. OK. Um, but yeah, so it won a shit ton of awards. But basically. And six did as well, I'm sure. I think what's going on is there There were two directors for this movie, right? There were J.J. Abrams and then another guy. Rian Johnson. Uh, Rian Johnson. Or Ryan. I think that's Ryan, his name. Ryan Johnson. Yeah, there were two directors. I think these guys are very conflicted because they've been given this this Star Wars IP and they're saying, do a good job with this. And somebody's telling them to do a really good job with these movies if they don't. Now, I want to. I'm not, I want to clarify something there. Are they being told to a, make a good movie or make a safe, profitable movie? Probably a safe, profitable, that's, profitable movie. Uh, we'll get into this later, but I want to clarify. like, Because you bring up a very good point that it has had two directors, which, as we've seen in other movies, like the Marvel movies and the mm-hmm. DC movies, can create problems. Yeah. And I think a lot of my problems with this movie stem from the fact that you have directors who are not being told, hey... Um, have fun with Star Wars. It's yeah. We've got these writers. They've come up with this pre-approved script, and um, it needs to hit all these boxes mm-hmm. and needs to make sure the porgs are in this mm-hmm. many scenes to sell merchandise. Interestingly, some of the porgs were also puppets. Were they? They they looked like puppets to me. Mm-hmm. I I mean I couldn't really tell. I was too busy I, being angry at them. They to looked tell. like pu- puppets, but. Um, my, my point is because these characters are CG, they don't feel like they belong in the Star Wars movie. They feel like, um, they popped out of one of these other, like Alice in Wonderland remake mm-hmm. or Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus or one of the, these really heavy CG, mm-hmm. um, things that exist now that all kind of meld together because they all look cartoony and fake. Yeah. Um, on top of on top of that, the, a lot of the uh, the ships outside, the whole X wing fleet, a lot of those the those seems scenes to me seemed entirely to be computer generated, mm-hmm. which I think is, I think that I mean it's definitely the trend now, but in seven it looked like they were making the effort mm-hmm. to create that sort of practical model feel they did with a lot they did with a lot and here in eight they just abandoned it entirely is what it felt like well a lot of it took place in space and a lot of it is just kind of on an island where you don't need a lot of special effects are you a lot of what took place in space the 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 dreadnought Mm -hmm. the 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 fleet chasing the uh the um the smaller fleet the rebel fleet Yeah. yeah um that it didn't there was no sense of gravity or mass because everything had that very cartoon uh, move uh, you know ability to but by, by I, I say cartoon because in cartoons you have unrealistic behavior mm-hmm. which is you can get away with because it's a cartoon yeah and it like the physics of the ships didn't f- make them feel like they were massive yeah like they were there and in seven they took steps to try and do that in eight it's like the the um, the scope of what you're watching is lost because yeah. these because there's there's an ele- and this this goes back to the directors once again being told to to make uh, safe profitable movies and J.J. Abrams in particular having just made uh, what he he made a uh, Star Trek 
mm-hmm. a couple of the Star Trek movies, <coughs> and that is just action, 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 action. You, I mean, going slow and making something that has mass, I don't think is in his repertoire. You would think in a movie primarily about space battles and being Star Wars space battles, you would put more emphasis on the uh, practical effects of mm-hmm. it. Because the trench run uh, from Forb, um, that was miniatures, that was all miniatures, that was all like special lighting effects from Industrial Light and Sound. And it is, it's beautiful. You can tell, you can definitely tell these days that it is um, practical effects. It's not real, but it's, it like you say, it has a gravity to it. It has um, a tangibility for me. And in this one, it was just, yeah, it just, it, it's so blatantly CGI that it was hard to appreciate how big Emperor Snoke's Supreme Leader Snoke's ship is because just of how it looks and how it feels. Right. And um, there is definitely something lost when you abandon that crucial thing that made Star Wars, or one of the crucial things that made Star Wars what it is. Uh, it, it's, I think it's, um, it's a nitpicking, but I think it's also important to mention because they are trying to go back to make Star Wars movies and mm-hmm. not make prequel versions mm-hmm. where everything was everything, everything was, was a cartoon. <clears throat> and those those entire movies might as well have been cartoons. Well, the cartoons based off of them did a lot, be- like got much better fan reception. Did than, they? Yeah, because because <laughs> they actually look they look appropriate. Some of them are pretty good. Yeah, uh, I think that it's because like even Rogue One, some of the Star Destroyers were um, there are models, mm-hmm. and the way. Uh, there's a big reveal of like like light from a star shifting and revealing a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty early on in the, in the movie, and I thought that was really cool. And because it's again, it's light hit light when light hits something in CGI, it it kind of shatters the illusion because it's very complicated to do that when you have light hitting a real you, you object. You need a light source. Yeah, you need to. You um, need to fabricate a light source. There was and that. Then you're, you're talking everything. about that scene in Seven where you have the shadow falling on top Rogue of the. Uh, oh, I'm talking about Rogue one. one. Okay. And that was the one made right before this one. So you'd think, why won't just do it again? You guys just did it. Why can't you do it again? Yeah. It's a very strange choice. It, this, like, that, because of the the uh, changes between seven mm-hmm. and eight, as far as the outside, um, like, in the beginning of seven, you have those those wonderful scenes where Ray is in is sitting a small person inside of a huge, Big. massive ship, and she's just sitting there. That's a very, like, 70s fantasy art yes. picture right there. Yes, it is. And here, they I didn't see any of that. Like, they, they, they no. have those quick scenes where you're like, okay, here we are. And yeah. then they just move on. There's the the atmosphere is kind of lacking because of that. Uh, that's actually if we can move on to that point. Actually, that's a good segue. Oh, you know what? Let's let's get let's say There's what we so like about. We say. Let's say what we like about the movie first. You want to talk about what we Let, like? Let's just get through that because okay. for me they're very general. They're not very like in depth. Um, I just want to say that when the movie slowed down and what the movie did with um, Luke and the Jedi and being on that island and Yoda. I loved all of that. Um, I actually liked when Ray and um, Kylo Ren are forced talking to each other, which we learn later. Like Snoke arranged that. That was insane. That was cool. That and like again, that's two characters stopping to talk, but we're also getting plot. Mm-hmm. We're getting character development. 
and the arcs are being developed, and I was very happy to see that. It was very cleverly shot, too, because they're standing around in whatever scene they are, but they're talking across, you know, dimensions or whatever, across the forest. And think about that. They didn't have to use any special effects for it. No. They didn't have to, like, trick your eyes. There's a little bit of ADR, but that's fine. You didn't expect it because it's such a normal way to shoot a movie. Exactly. And I thought that was, like, that's the clever cool parts of uh, the movie I really appreciated. I thought I was going to hate Ray being trained, and there are some problems there, but actually that was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> um, Yeah, for sure. You know? And they, I mean, it, there's something to be said about the fact that Darth Vader was a very... He started out to be a very simple villain, and mm-hmm. then throughout the series he became... Space more, Jesus. He became, he became the father, and then he became redeemed. Mm-hmm. Right, he, and then very, he got very simple. And then he got overall. dragged through the mud for three movies. But here we have a villain, Kylo Ren. They're spending the time to develop him. Like they're spending a lot of time on it. You can tell, and it's effective. I, you know, I like Kylo Ren's arc a lot more than Ray's. I will say that. Yeah, he's 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 become after this movie. He's become the most interesting character. He has more dimensions, mm-hmm. and a lot of the characters in this movie. And Seven do not have a lot of dimensions to them, or at least right. maybe not yet. And I think he was also meant to identify with um, the younger younger generations with insecurities. Oh, uh, definitely. That we all have what going into college for the first time. Definitely. He he's he's meant to identify with the young. He's conflicted, and he, you know, a lot of people get stuck in kind of his negative mindsets and they want to try to right. correct themselves but they can't like everyone goes through that especially yes young people and his authority figure snoke literally says you are worthless to him which yeah. is it's hard to watch because you're feeling for this poor guy he made these terrible decisions and you can t- see the weight of the death of han solo weighing on him and then but he's denying it the entire time and everyone <laughs> knows he's lying and he right. can't admit it right yeah. and snoke is just making it worse which and is well, Snoke is like being a master manipulator, which, oh God, can we talk about Snoke? I've been waiting all day okay, to talk okay, about Snoke. Okay, but we were talking about the good that's things true, about the That's true, that's true. So what Let's do you like? the good things. What do you like about that's the movie? That's what I was just talking about. Okay, we'll continue. Okay, well, what else is good? Um, when they have this wonderful scene where so Luke is very conflicted about um, the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. And let's, first, Luke is uh, Mark Hamill. <laughs> Brings it home in this movie. Mark Hamill does he's a wonderful a, job. I think the year he, you know, there's the years in between. He's playing played a plethora of villains. Oh yes, he's played. He's got so much acting experience behind him now, and it shows. Like, mm-hmm. he's a very effective character. Yes, very deep. Very good character actor. It, well, he felt deep. I don't know about how deep he really was. No, I as think. Far as I, th- I think he was very deep. But anyways, um, back to what I was saying. There was this wonderful scene. Where Luke is thinking about destroying historical Jedi texts. Like originals or something. Yeah, spoilers. Like the spoilers. original Bible or some crap he's, for the Jedi. Did, did you say spoilers? Oh, yeah. Oh, spoilers. It's way, so way he's thinking about destroying them, and then all of a sudden Yoda appears and says, Puppet. What are you doing? Puppet Yoda, by the way. Puppet Which Yoda with a, fil- a filter. I was going to bring up, but yeah. okay, fine. But that was great. Um, he and he's conflicted about destroying these books, and Yoda's like, "Fuck it!" <laughs> and Yoda just destroys the books. Yeah, he's and he, starts laughing at Luke. The the books are kept on this island on a remote planet in this like tree, and um, they're gonna have seen they're gonna have seen this. Well, so some people. Oh, you're right. Okay, yeah. So he goes to burn down the tree, and Yoda just goes whatever lightning, 
Yeah. Uh, it was it was great. It was nice to see Yoda's irreverence come back uh-huh. and his kind of jocular attitude. And the, I think it was very respectful overall was. to the Yoda character. It was. Because he... Can we talk about Yoda? Let's talk about Yoda. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> he was always kind of a stupid character. He, he was. He's a stupid puppet. He's a Muppet. Moreover, he's a Jim Henson... Miss Piggy, I, Kermit the Frog, Muppet. I wouldn't call him stupid. No, I'm getting there. But You call him stupid. Uh, you called Yoda but stupid. But he's so amazing. He's great. Because through it all, he has a very mysterious sense about him. Mm-hmm. A very strong um, uh, confidence. The aloof old master is by no means a new thing, but uh-huh. Yoda exemplifies it. Right. And it's great. And they bring all of that back they in do. this 30 second scene. And then that's it. They didn't bring back Obi-Wan. They didn't bring back Darth Vader. They just, the, it was yeah. very reserved. No Anakin. Overall, a, a nice little piece of history brought back. Mm-hmm. It was nice. Yeah. Um, that scene was, I think, my favorite part of the movie. That was a really good scene. And then... Um, Everything you said, basically, um, Kylo Ren and Rey talking to each other and yes. Rey's conversation tro- sh- uh, slowly changing with Ren from, you are a monster, to tell me what really happened. To, I, I understand you a little bit I love bit how better. he handles that. He's like, yeah, and wh- that's all I've got. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what else? Um, what else was good? I think um, Carrie Fisher... Uh, Leia's character was very good in this movie as well. Yeah. I think, um, a good amount of restraint with her, which felt very refreshing. They had a lot of... Um, they had... Like, this is a weird one because there's some very bad examples of this and there's some very good examples <laughs> of of, uh, of uh, character development. For mm-hmm. instance, when that the really skinny lady in the purple outfit... What's her name? Do they say her name? Uh, they did. I don't remember it. She becomes a general... Cogent. Uh, she becomes Admiral. commander of Admiral. the rebel fleet. Re- rebel rebel fleet. Resistance. I swear fleet. I haven't been drinking. Um, <laughs> and um, Poe starts, you know, Mouthing badgering off. her, badgering yeah. her, badgering her because he has more respect for Leia as a commander than he does for the new commander. And well, Poe turns out to be wrong, but the whole dynamic between her and Poe was really good. Um, yeah. And Poe, I'd say, was pretty awesome throughout this entire movie. Yeah. Um, what else? Kind of stupid, but I guess that's the point. Well, he, that's the point. Yeah, he's, he's, he had he's some the good, dumb pilot. He had some good uh, what's the, what's points, the phrase? though. The, um, he's a bad leader. Oh, what's the word? He, no, he's a freaking... He's impulsive. Yeah, impulsive. Uh, you're too cocky. You're too cocky. You're too uh, damn cocky. Turn in your badge and your weapon. He's that kind of character. Uh, oh, loose cannon. Loose, you're a loose, loose cannon. cannon. <laughs> turn in your X-wing. Turn in your blaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like he, sh- that shows. Yeah. Um, what else? Yeah. What else? What Those else? are the only real standout parts to me. That I was I was invested. It's when the goddamn movie slowed down and people just talked. Because I think a lot of people forget that one of the things that made the original trilogy so good was just these scenes of people talking. Uh, Darth Vader's redemption scene with the final mm-hmm. fight at the end of Jedi is a lot of slow talking. It's a lot of tense moments. 
there is some lightsaber clashes and then they stop and they stalk around and they talk more and mm -hmm. it's just beautifully done. You have the Emperor sitting and watching and like basically just goading him, yeah. goading Luke the entire time and it's haunting. Mm -hmm. And I saw a lot of that in this movie. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of people just like, yeah, their lightsabers are out, but things are going to happen outside of just uh, shiny swords being flung back and forth. Which yeah. those prequels were sort of. In fact, they in. they they managed to. Um, I'm gonna use the phrase subvert your expectations Ugh. a few times <laughs> uh, when Luke and Kylo Ren face off. Yeah. When um, Leia comes back into the ship, and a lot of people uh, didn't really like that. I think, but I thought it was a very. I can explain away Leia. And then she goes into Odin's sensitive. Leaf. Yeah, I, I can like, it was a little bit weird her not dying in the vacuum in space and pulling herself back to a ship, but I can explain that away um, of Luke and her sat down and talked in the past 30 years that we were Well, I'm for. sure that Luke has taught her something. Yeah. That's what, that's what I've come to the belief is that over the course of 30 years, the rapport that Luke has with his sister, yes. she's learned some things from it. Mm-hmm. And um, that has, I think that has led to her being a better commander. Yeah. She's, yeah, they call her general. Um, they don't call her princess for a um, reason. Right. Which was great. And um, at first I was wondering in Seven why they decided to keep Leia around, keep her as a commander. But at least they developed her character, whereas Han Solo literally just came back, he came back in to die. his old outfit. Yeah. Running like looking for the millennial Millennium Falcon and like doing stupid bullshit with smugglers that was stupid. Like that, that they, whole, they had no place. Yeah, that in the was, plot. But that's seven. We're not talking about seven. I'm trying not to talk. We'll about We'll come seven. back to seven. I'm sure at some point. But yes. Um. Yes, I would agree. What else was good? Um, that's that's really it for me. Um, I guess the the fight on the salt planet was pretty cool. But mm -hmm. if it was, it would be better if it wasn't so fucking hoth. <laughs> There was a lot of action in this movie, but there's a lot more suspense and conversation and subtle, like, mm -hmm. there's a lot more. Th this movie is not paced like an action movie entirely. And the parts that are kind of suck. That's the problem is the pacing is all over the place and the tone is all over the place. And okay. That's now, what do you want to talk about next? I think oh, I'm done with the good stuff. God. Okay. So I'll start with. Um, well, we were just talking about um, backstory that hasn't been given that we can kind of like imagine and justify in our minds. Leia knowing Force stuff, I can get that mm -hmm. because it's been established that she's Force sensitive. That her and her twin brother Luke, um, they, you know, they they were in contact for a long time until Luke fled. I can I can get that. What this movie and. What was set up in Seven doesn't do, to its detriment, is they do not adequately explain the First Order, Snoke, and a few other things. There has been a lot of backlash against fanboys going, this didn't match any of my fan theories, and that's stupid, and fuck you, and um, the other side kind of going, oh, shut up, you know, it's not Disney's job to satisfy your fan theories, oh my god, I love Porgs, right? And both of them are wrong to me because the fanboys, yes, I had some fan theories about Snoke, um, but I never thought like they were going to be true or that Disney should do what I think. But what Disney has not done is explained who the fuck Snoke is. A lot of people will view this as a nitpick, but it is important because it's Star Wars part of the story. Star Wars is a space opera. 
It is eight sections deep now. You have to give background for things like giant villains because if you don't adequately explain them and you kill them off in a kind of poorly arranged scene, it ruins the conflict because I don't... If, if Snow can just be killed that easily, then there goes the stakes. And without the stakes, I don't care about the conflict. If I don't care about the conflict, I don't care about the movie. Um, I never really felt scared for Ray or um, Kylo, or Ben, whatever, um, when they were in Snoke's chamber, which is weird because he was surrounded by Imperial Guard who almost, you know, hurt them. I was more afraid for them when they were fighting than when Snoke was around. Snoke's reveal as this supposedly super powerful, um, I guess, Sith Lord is just completely, there's no background. Where was he? Is he a reincarnation of Sidious? Was he just hanging in the, um, the Outer Rim? We literally do not know where he came from. And that got me thinking about the First Order. There's a disconnect between 6 and 7. 30 years pass. The Republic gets control of... I think, I think we should have ended on this, but go ahead. Well, okay, so the Republic gets control, and I would assume built up an armada again and an army, because, you know, you don't want the Empire coming back. The First Order arises from the ashes of the Empire. But in 7... They have a whole fucking planet. They have a fleet. They have a giant army. They're very well outfitted. They're very well outfitted for like being what basically the rebellion was for being in four, five, and six. Destroyed more than once and not being gone. Yeah, and then the resistance is kind of on the same even footing in seven. You think so? Yeah, that's visually that's what it said to me. Well, except for the huge death planet. Yeah, other than that, but I mean they blew that up because they always do. By 8, Snoke arrives with his gigantic fucking armada, and they're even better outfitted than they were before in the span of, like, what, a month or something? Like, not a lot of time has passed, and they're just, they're basically the same size as the Empire was. Okay, so and before this, we go on, let's, let's, let's back up a little bit here, well, because... Well, let me finish my thought, and then you can, like, go back on the points. So my point is... I have no real sense of how powerful the First Order is because they seem like they can just magically amass all this stuff very quickly. Snoke, I don't know where he got all this stuff. I don't know anything about him, so it's hard for me to get a good grasp of the imp of the First Order mm-hmm. and why they're suddenly so powerful and now the Resistance is like tiny. Where's the Republic fleet? I know a bunch of planets got blown up, but wh- where is anything? The universe... The galaxy has so little explanation to what happened in those 30 years. And I don't need an entire scene. I need a couple paragraphs in the opening crawl. I need something. And because they left all that out, it's very weird and jarring. Yeah, it's a... Okay, so this gets into a couple things. First, mm-hmm. um, first of all, let's talk about the fact that the Empire was very strong to begin with. It was huge. It was huge. No one ever explained how it got that big. It was just that big. But it was okay because it was the beginning of the series. Yes, exactly. In 4, 5, and 6, it's big because it is just the evil empire. Right. And it's run by the emperor, Mm -hmm. which was at first... He wasn't even introduced until until 5. 6. He wasn't introduced... Oh, no. He he was in 5. You're right. He was in 5 as a hologram. hologram. And then he was in 6, right? So it was a slow build-up to the ultimate enemy that was the person who could control the mm-hmm. empire right 
Yes. In this one, they did it weirdly opposite, where they introduced Snoke as a hologram in seven. Mm-hmm. They bring him him in an eight and kill him in eight. Yeah. Leaving a power vacuum for Kylo Ren to jump into the pilot seat of the First Order. Now, um. And because I think because Snoke is not if we don't need to know everything about the First Order because we never knew anything about the Empire to begin with. We never knew the politics behind mm-hmm. why they got as powerful as they did. Well, and even when we, we were told it in one, two, and three, we're told what happens, and that makes more sense than what we were given for Snoke. Palpatine manipulated an entrenched system, and then after he rises to power, thirty years transpire between three and four. And it's like, okay, yeah, you took three decades to basically shape the galaxy to your vision. Yeah. You have power. You reshaped the army and the military. I get that. Mm-hmm. The 30 years between six and seven, where the fuck they get all that stuff? Right. Why isn't the Republic fighting back? Right. There's so many holes. I think they could have gotten away with that if they had more of a background for Snoke. Because mm-hmm. Snoke has to be worse than the Emperor was in order to be vicious enough to carve out the First Order. Yeah. And he's not. He's he's kind of a joke. He looks like a cartoon. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. He doesn't like, all he does is wave his hand around and go, ooh, I'm doing Force powers. And, and look at yeah. how powerful I am. I'm smacking somebody against a wall. Like, that's supposed to Everyone can do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's he's not doing anything special. He doesn't do anything special. He doesn't. I mean, he commands the First Order, but we've seen the First Order. As far as an audience viewer, we've seen the First Order before in terms of the Emperor. What yeah. what makes them different? Yeah. So Snoke we does... have we have a lack of interest in the First Order. We have a lack of interest in the main villain, and then they just kill him off. Snoke has no um, unique identity, and. Again, some people are going to say this is a nitpick, but it's not. Powerful Force users in Star Wars have to have unique identities. Obi-Wan mm-hmm. is very easy to separate from Yoda, who's even, very easy to separate from Sith, Luke. Even the Sith that they brought back, even the Sith that they just talk about, mm-hmm. have unique identities. Plagueis, everyone knows his deal because they saw Episode 3. Sidious had a lot of he had a lot of screen time, but even in four, five, and six, it's like he's the dude in the dark cloak who shoots lightning and looks like mm-hmm. a monster. Like it's and he looks very different and acts very different from Darth Vader. So Snoke, all I know is that he talks through a hologram most of the time and can throw people a lot. But that's it. They didn't get creative with how he came to power because that is important. Right. But I think that this is all hinting at the bigger flaw mm-hmm. of why we have such mixed feelings about the new generation of Star Wars is yes. because now I'm not once again I'm not saying that the prequels were good movies I but George Lucas had the confidence to take it in a completely different direction mm-hmm. we started out in a very happy place overall with a very different aesthetic with um, the Jedi knowing literally, you know, with everything. All, everything available to them. They could fight amazing. They had all these powers available. They had resources, right? Mm-hmm. It was a very different environment than 4, 5, and 6 where they had no resources and there were like two left. Yeah. Right? So this, that's just the Jedi alone, not thinking about the environment. He introduced a planet that was an entire city. At the time, that blew my mind. 
Oh, Coruscant's a cool concept. I have right. no problem with that. In in this version, 7, 8, and 9, what they're doing is they're literally mirroring um, 4, 5, and 6's uh, uh, complex, the, yeah. the, the, the power dynamic, yeah. which doesn't really work because the rebels succeeded yeah. in 6. If they if if seven eight and nine had been the first installments, I would be less critical. But as much as you don't want the prequels to be a thing, and you and they keep trying to say, "Look, we're moving on from four, five, and six, They have to acknowledge those other stories. They're all movies in the same series. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. There's no we get we get none of the success that. The rebels Han fought so hard Leia for and and Luke got. We get we get none of that as fans of the series. I know a lot of time has passed, mm-hmm. but we get we get to see none of their success. It's very weird to me that Leia is a general of another essentially terrorist for, for organization, reasons. like freedom why, fighters. Why do they have to be terrorists again? If they were right, if they were morally right, why are they rebels? She's a princess too. She has legitimate political claim to the new republic you would think that she would have been like yeah let's fix all this shit Mm -hmm. it's very very strange that the republic kind of just went off and like didn't prepare at all and they keep in eight they keep talking about we need to get word to our allies in the outer rims what about fucking everyone else right where is everybody so literally the only thing that (coughs) um the rebels have done to repair the damage caused by the empire was try and create new Jedi's. That's it, the, and they didn't even succeed. Well, at they that. didn't even do that. I think. I think Luke just did Luke it just on did his it own. on his own volition. Everyone else is just there. Empire's gone cool. Han Solo is literally still a smuggler. Mm-hmm. Leia is another leader of a small rebel alliance. The resistance, because rebel, you can't and call them rebel alliance again. Chewbacca's. I don't even know what Chewbacca was doing before he decided to get back into the pilot seat of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Like, I mean, we we were literally just thrown back into a situation mm-hmm. where nothing changes, and yeah. you're back to square one, and you can't do that and with an supposed, episodic thing. But we're supposed to be satisfied with that because yeah. give the audience what they wanted, give them the exact same thing, mm-hmm. and that's what they're trying to do. This is. This is the the tragic flaw of trying to create a new series is because you have to satisfy the fan base and there's absolutely no way to do it. You have to take risks and to steal a line from episode eight, failure is the best teacher. And Disney did but learn... But it's not though because well, nobody learned anything. Well, George Lucas failed with the prequels. Okay, okay. So Disney learned from the failure of the prequels. <coughs> they learned that... A bunch of things. Don't do so much CGI. Don't do stupid cartoony rabbit retards. Don't do all this stuff. But they're still doing stupid cartoony rabbit but, but, retards. But, but, but they learned that, okay, we have two options. Number one, we can take a risk. We can, like, fling it far in the future. We can make new characters, new worlds in the, in the, in the Star Wars universe. And we can try something. Or we can play it super safe. We can take elements of the existing trilogies and we can mash them together to how we want and we can appeal to this set of amount of fanboy stuff and mm-hmm. fan service stuff to make sure we sell it and people will keep coming back. What has happened is that's turned seven and eight into, in my opinion, bland offerings. There's good in there. There's enjoyable parts. But like as we're talking now, there are deep flaws that completely take away the glow I had walking out of eight 
in a span of 24 hours because mm-hmm. these are the things that are sitting in my head, not the good parts I liked. The more you think about them, the, the they more fall apart. They, the, 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 the idea of the new series falls apart because mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. one, this goes back to what I said originally, which is the idea that Star Wars is a you can't really do much with it. I still don't think that's true. I, 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 yeah. I, I'm hard pressed to find a good example other than what George Lucas did with the prequels because there was some good well, shit I'll, in there. I'll bring it up again. The video games. There are video games. There are also the video games, which the, everyone, which the, a lot of people like. And the well. KOTOR series are the best examples of, yes, you can go 100 years in the past or whatever um, and make a really good, compelling, well-written, character-driven Star Wars story that has something for everybody. The problem is, is that video games are big and um, can take hundreds of hours and movies have to be an hour and a half. But why they didn't just take some cues from the expanded universe, which they basically shunted when they well, made they, the new they trilogy. Well, they did take some cues from what They took heard. some, but not the right ones and not enough. And, well, I mean, 7, 8, 9 was supposed to be about the fall of Luke, if, I, if I'm if i remembering my, my expanded universe correctly. Yeah, the, the, the post-original uh, tril- trilogy novels are Luke needs to be redeemed. Yes. Right. And it's it's Han and Leia's twin siblings who become really powerful force users and have to go redeem Luke. Right. Yes. Which is interesting. I mean, that's a cool idea. And it's a different dynamic. It is. Um but yeah, but I mean, this is this is what gives me such mixed feelings mm-hmm. about about this new franchise is because its heart is in the wrong place. Yeah. Uh, even though they they give us elements of interesting dynamics i'm really interested in the character of kylo ren i am now yeah um its objectives are clearly not let's make a good movie it's let's make something that'll get us a billion dollars and i say that because and that's not to disparage all the hard work people put into these movies or the good parts of the movie that i liked but there are so many uh, instances right but i mean like they've thrown so much of the of, of uh, they've thrown so much of the baby out with the bathwater though mm-hmm. because they're making a new version of four, five, and six, but they aren't using their award-winning special effects like in any sense. I'm not saying that they're amazing to do '70s effects now today, but some more. I mean, but they're not trying to be innovative like the 70s effects were. They're right. just like CGI is easy. Fuck it. Yeah, that's what it feels like. That's yeah. what it all feels like. It's, and it's easy. here are some quippy moments where a porg is staring down oh Chewbacca trying to eat a porg. Or here's a, a funny scene where uh, Ray uh, is, what was she like laughing at Luke eating, or like staring at Luke eating Milking green milk from a weird, a, a weird walrus. There's, and this, this is a good point to segue into um, the amount of, hey, look, a porg. Where like the action almost stops and the camera center pans and it just shows a a porg being cute and you know pitiful, just took me right the fuck out mm-hmm. of this very tense scene of where they're running for their lives, mm-hmm. and that's not good. And I know it's there to sell merchandise. Yes, the Ewoks were cute and they were meant to sell merchandise. That was the third movie, you know, and that was like one portion of it. So much of this movie is. You know, quick, when DVD comes out, make a meme out of this. Make a gif out of this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you want to... It is for, updated for a modern audience, but that doesn't mean you need to play to the lowest common denominator, which Disney's going to do because they're Disney. And that's the big problem here. This feels 
This doesn't feel like a Star Wars film to me. It feels like a Disney film to me. And you should not be mixing those two. They're going to. And that's mm -hmm. why I'm probably going to see Nine, but I'm done with the rest of it. I'm not seeing the new trilogy after this. Yeah. I'm not seeing the live action show. At some point, it's just going to devolve into Transformers 11 yeah. anyway. There's going to be a billion standalone that's movies, it, and I'm not seeing any yeah, of them. Yeah, I mean... I don't care about young Han Solo. Mm -hmm. It's just... It's unfortunate. It's like... It's all filler. It does it, feel it all, all filler. Feels, it feels as though they're producing filler for the intent of, of mm -hmm. juice, you know, juicing the cow. And or milking the cow. Milking the weird seal thing that Luke was doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, another big issue is the kind of tonal schizophrenia this movie has. When Ray finally goes up to Luke and hands him the lightsaber... It's this very tense scene. And he immediately grabs it and throws it behind him and everybody laughed and clapped. Well, I thought that was pretty interesting. I didn't like it because if that had just been the only thing, all right. But then the rest of the time, he's like, look, fucked up shit happened and I can't tell you a lot and I don't trust you and there's a lot of dark stuff happening and she's trying to convince them and then it's occasionally interspliced with so much goddamn slapstick. Yeah. That really bugged me because I'm. what am I supposed to feel Am I supposed to feel that this is a tense scene or am I supposed to laugh? You can interplay both, but not all the damn time. Mm -hmm. Not every, Almost every character in the fucking movie had a quippy remark, like Marvel-style one-liners back and forth. If everyone's doing that, you your characters lose their characterization. And that's my problem. There were problem. certain characters that were always serious. But even in this movie, Kylo Ren has the funny slapstick yes. moment. Like Snoke, I guess, didn't, but Snoke also fucking died I, really I, fast. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying about that. Yeah. So um, in, in the original trilogy, Darth Vader never cracked a joke. And that's why yeah. he's such a loved, formidable figure. He never cracked a joke. He's supposed to be a bad guy. Same with the Emperor. You know? Um, the heroes occasionally cracked wise because there are heroes and we want to root for them. Did Luke ever crack wise though? I think he like... I mean, he laughed a few times, but he himself was never a comic relief. Not moment. really. Like, And there's little places of comedy you can glean from the original trilogy, but they're never like in your face, I'm making a joke now, everyone mm -hmm. laugh. And there was so much of that in this movie. Every Almost every character did it, and I'm like, I, again, this doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie. This feels like a Marvel movie now. Mm -hmm. I don't want a Marvel movie. I want a goddamn Star Wars movie. That's what's on the ticket that I purchased. And I think they're doing that to appeal to, or to the lowest common denominator so goddamn much. And in that, I mean, you little, lose your characterization. Right, but a little bit of it is okay. It's Overall, sure. it's a very dramatic movie, and so you need a little bit of that. But they kept putting it during the dramatic parts. Okay. The The nice thing about the prequels is that, yes, there's action, but it's contained. And then every, like every scene has a clear tone to it, and it's easy to process. And this one, they are flipping back and forth between um, two or three plots over and over and over again in rapid succession. I remember like one time they went from the space battle back to the reason. island for like 20 seconds and which then go right back. Which is another reason that the, which is oddly another reason <coughs> that the Kylo Ren and uh, Rey mm -hmm. back and forth, you weren't expecting it because no. they're just jumping so much between characters anyways. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, all the two characters they're jumping between can see each other. Yeah. Um, but that had a tone to it that I understood, and there was no back and forth. Mm -hmm. There was, Ray did say at one point, can you please put on a shirt? 
And that was the only quip in that entire exchange, and that was well placed for me. I was like, okay, oh, funny. I get that. That's funny. And well, also because I think they're setting. I don't know if they're doing it on purpose or not, but it feels like they're setting up Kylo Ren and Rey romantically. It could be. It feels like it, and I honestly, what they ended up trying to do was a romance between uh, Finn and New Asian Lady. What's her name? New Asian Lady. What's her name? They, I don't, they, I don't, okay, I don't, I don't they introduced her. Yeah. And then, like, they've they've literally known each other for half an hour, is what it feels like. And yeah. then all of a sudden, she kisses him. She saves his life, and she kisses him. The thing, this is another, uh, the where, where I just don't trust this movie in the hands of the directors, is because um, action can't just be an action scene, yes. and then people, you know, go to bed. Yeah. Or there's time in between. Or, you know, Leia's there with the Ewoks. You have to wind or, down and wind up to transition between scenes. You know, a Luke goes off to learn with Yoda for a bit and mm-hmm. then comes back. There's none of that. We're yeah. supposed to literally, the movie starts where the last one left off. Mm-hmm. Literally. Um, so we, we're supposed to know everything that happens in between. There's no room for, 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 for characters to develop emotions for each other mm-hmm. off screen. Yeah. Which this whole series suffers from. It feels like everybody's known each other for five minutes. And yet... Uh, F- uh, Finn and Ray have this really strong connection because they've been through so much. But it feels like everything they went through together lasted two days. And it's and it, it kind of did. Because he wakes up when she's gone. And that... It's, 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 and he spends the entire movie trying to get back to her. And then when he finally does, it's like, oh, by the way, love triangle. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Like... I get that you were actually doing good a good yeah. job building their relationship. What the fuck? <laughs> There's it's frustrating. It's it's frustrating because you could very easily put time in between, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, oh, okay, these guys were on a ship together for uh, a couple months. They know each other really well. Now they're getting together. Okay, that makes sense. Which There's I, none of that. And I'm worried about them putting time between anything because when they do, they don't explain anything adequately. So mm-hmm. it's like yeah, everything is just like, oh god. So you, that's you, you keep making the same mistake. Finn and the I the um, I, I don't know she her name. she was watching the escape pods for deserters. So mm-hmm. um, she just lost her sister. The they, they were, in my opinion, the worst two to put together. If you put together Poe and the general lady, mm-hmm. they killed her off this movie, so that can't happen. Of course, why not? Ray and Kylo Ren, they're probably not going to do that because they want Ray to be a strong, no, independent no. woman. Yeah. Um, Kylo Ren has to be redeemed or die trying. But instead, you have two characters that literally just met each other. Mm-hmm. Went th- and then we have a whole... Scene we have to talk a whole. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to say it's, it's time to bring up the casino. What was the name of that place? I don't care. Chantilly something. Whatever. Vegas. Vegas. Space Vegas. Space Vegas. Um, I learned later from a coworker actually that the reason that scene exists is to set up the new trilogy mm-hmm. because those little kids and the one that does the force on the broom at the end. They're going to be the new trilogy characters. Mm-hmm. And my immediate reaction is, that should have just been episode seven. That should have been our new Star Wars. Why the fuck couldn't we do that? Why does it take three goddamn movies to pass off the torch? It doesn't need to do that. Seven was enough. Get to the new shit, please. Mm-hmm. And because of this, it's got the fucking cinematic universe syndrome now. And something that was already part of a cinematic universe. But I don't remember in any other Star Wars movie someone going like, this scene... It's weird. It's out of place. It's going to come back in like four movies. Mm-hmm. That's not good filmmaking. 
That's stupid. And this entire fucking casino scene where it's let's put in political commentary in my fucking space opera, it's not supposed to have that. Yeah, out of place. It's very out of place. And like, if you if you want to do philosophy and stuff, that's what Star Trek is for. Star Star Wars. Define what you're talking about. Okay, so they have um, the Finn and um, his new beau go to um, the casino planet to find a hacker because they need to get on Snoke's ship. And otherwise they can't, it's impossible. Which is already weird because sneaking on ships happens all the damn time in Star Wars. It's everywhere. And yeah, people get caught a lot. That's the risk you run. And they get caught anyway. So why didn't they just do that and get caught? It would not have changed the story. But no, they have to go to the casino planet. They have to get the hacker to come back. To have the hacker betray them. So they get caught. To have a big battle. To do what they were going to do anyway. If you would cut out that entire scene and the new character with the hacker on the casino planet, the you story would You could explain it away with a line. It wouldn't... You could literally explain it away with, oh, we have new hacking abilities now. Yeah. Or some, so-and-so gave me the code. Yeah. The whole sequence doesn't have to exist. The, the uh, Many Bonthan spies died to get us this information. They made a whole fucking movie out of that, but they didn't need to, and they didn't need to make this scene for it. But it exists to set up the new trilogy. It felt out of place. It felt very annoying. This, I'm not this saying this is the little like Disney excursion of the movie because mm-hmm. they go off. They have a tiny mini adventure in the span of what six hours while the other ship is something like that getting yeah. destroyed or something. Yeah. Um. Well, the other ship is uh is is trying to outrun the the the, the, fleet. the first order. Um, yeah. So during that time, they they go into jail. Uh, they 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 break into a casino. They piss off a whole bunch of policemen. Mm-hmm. They uh, free a whole bunch of weird, big-eared horse animal furries. Uh, there's there's a there's an animal cruelty section in it of like, oh, I I remember these. I grew up on a mining colony, mm-hmm. and you know, people who who treat people badly are bad, and just yeah. all this stuff. They that befriend children. That's weird. It's like the whole sequence was like another movie. It it didn't have to be a part of this movie. It was very odd. And then like um and then they 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 come back with their hacker man. They come on board the 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 first order ship cloaked. Snoke's capital ship, yeah. Right. And and none of it works anyways. Yeah. It, it all fails. They could have just said, "Hey, yeah, we can the movie could have said, "Yes, we can get you on there. We don't know if we can get you back and you may be caught. This is a suicide mission." Which is fine. They're desperate. And, that makes sense. Well, even more than that, the more time, if they didn't go off and have this weird adventure, mm-hmm. um, they would have had a like a more interesting, suspenseful, dramatic um, a time trying to get around the ship mm-hmm. and spend more time together yeah. so that your romance makes a little more sense. As opposed to like, let's go down here and then learn something about ourselves through the majesty of political commentary. Which, as I keep trying to say, that's fine. Star Trek does it very well. If your show is about asking difficult questions and um, that whole discussion is fine. Star Wars is very black and white and good versus evil. That's what it operates on. So to have this whole thing about... They did it in the prequels too. Like, oh, I'm a slave and slavery is bad and war profiteering. And like, dude, not the right movie for this. Why is this here? You could have spent this time doing more stuff with Ray and Luke, or Ray yeah, and Kylo, we, we, or Poe and someone. We Fuck. don't see. We don't even see Luke. Uh, Luke starts out 
Towards the beginning of the movie, he says to Ray, all right, I'm going to teach you three lessons. We don't even get the third lesson. We don't even get the third lesson. (laughs) There's so much there. They could have taught, like, there's a lot of discussion that could have been had there. Mm -hmm. I think that the audience would have appreciated. Everyone was eating that up. It was great. We wouldn't have been bored by that. This actually leads me to my next point, that Ray has become such a Mary Sue, especially through this. What does Mary Sue mean? Mary Sue is basically a blank slate. What's her face from Twilight? Okay. Um, but is OP, is overpowered. She gets minimal training. She gets two out of the three steps, and she's suddenly the new space Jesus. And it feels very... I'm never afraid for Rey. She seems to just come out of everything unscathed. Um, Kylo Ren doesn't. Kylo right. Ren, like, has failures and, like, is constantly struggling because that's his character. But yeah. Rey doesn't. She just, like, she walks on water the entire time. And I think if they didn't have the casino scene, they could have showed her struggling and learning things. But one day, like in one of the scenes on the island, she literally just picks up a lightsaber and just goes, yeah, I know how to do this I because to, I have genetic though, memory or some even shit. Even though last time I, I barely defeated Kylo Ren, this time I'm better just because I, I have a stick. Yeah, it's very like this no time passed that we saw her being trained with Luke. When when Luke was training with Yoda, we saw training, not montages, but like there were specific scenes dedicated to, you know, visualize things, go off and have an adventure, which they do a lot of that in this, but it's very shallow. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel like she's learning anything or even being taught anything. They have this weird sequence where she's she's trying to discover who her parents are by going through a hole mm-hmm. and she encounters a mirror. The mirror shows her herself. Which I took to just mean, you already know the answer, stop lying to yourself. Which which gets revealed later on of like, her parents aren't anyone special, which was another fan theory problem. I didn't care. I don't care who her parents are, it doesn't matter. I know, but like that whole sequence, the fact, it it felt honestly like we got nothing out of it. It didn't feel like it hit home. Because again, it was just some weird yeah. uh, optical illusion thing for for fun. For why not? I think because it was in it was in uh, Attack of the Empire. Return this the was the moment where they were trying to call back <coughs> to um, Luke doing the Luke same thing in the, in the cave, cave. Yes, the failure in the cave. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't hit the same way. It doesn't hit anywhere near the same way. Well, it's especially stupid because Kylo Ren basically spells it out for us in their next Force conversation. Right. So, so like, why even, didn't they just do that? They didn't even. This scene. Again, unnecessary scene. Like she talks about, like I, something is drawing me down there. Mm-hmm. Something, uh, you know, there's something down there for me, and then there's nothing there. Nothing I happens. Mean, it 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 feels empty. Yeah, they, they they set it up as I was thinking. Oh, this is a place where the dark side is very powerful, and she's going right. to be tested. She's in, but she wasn't. But if she should have been, because later on. Kylo Ren tests her. What, so, it would have been a great moment to test her. Like if she had gone down there and saw Kylo Ren in the reflection, it would have been like, okay. No. The movie's hinting. No, no, no. That would have been, I'm not saying they should have done that, but that would have been better than what we got. Like if she had another like intense force conversation with him down there because the dark side's amplified. Right. I could have seen that. There's a bunch of stuff they could have done, but it was a meaningless scene. And yeah. again, time wasted on a movie that was already pretty long. Yeah. It just... So, but like the space, like the space needed to be there. It just needed to be mm-hmm. devoted to something a little more meaningful, overall effective. Mm-hmm. I have, um, I have a big problem with how Kylo Ren ascended to the supreme leadership and used it again with the slapstick. He basically chokes out Husk and says, "I'm in charge. Fuck you." Husk goes, "Okay," because Snoke had told him earlier. 
having a rabbit cur around is useful. Just make sure to put him in their place. Mm-hmm. Later, when he is supposed to be um, the new supreme leader, he's tossing Husk around like a rag doll, and everyone's laughing. And I'm like, okay, he has an arc. When is he going to start acting like it? It was very off-putting, and it diminished his authority in my eyes because now you're a joke again. Like, at what point is your character going to progress on this one issue? Yeah. Uh, it was very yeah. weak. I mean, overall, <coughs> killing Snoke, the scene dramatically, it worked in killing Snoke, but it was, I think overall it's a bad decision because it, was. Kyle, it, it feels like the First Order has lost its balls because of it. It feels like... I kind of revealed that it never had any, but it magically does. Again... Like we, yeah, bad characterization is, and background this, for the first this, order. This weird thing about the first order, like it feels, you can definitely feel like the power vacuum, and you feel like Kyle, Kylo Ren does not fill it. No, not in like he's there, but what's what is really to keep the glue of the first order together? I don't think he commands the respect necessary to. He I mean, scares a lot of people. I get that feeling, but I don't get the feeling that he commands them. I mean, if Darth Vader took over the Empire, I don't think the Empire would stay together. They, it wouldn't like no. the they followed the emperor for a reason. He's a godhead figure. And it, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Just that, I don't. Know, this is a know. big problem I had with his uh, Snoke's death scene. After the fact is, he's sitting there. Kylo Ren is you know has his sword out and is told to strike down Ray, and. Ray's trying to tell him, no, you don't have to. And Snoke goes, ha, I can see into his mind. I know every action. And I know that he is reaching out his with his weapon to strike at his one true enemy. And they're showing the lightsaber, Luke's lightsaber, next to Snoke, turning and like they're telling us. They're showing us way too much. When they shouldn't have shown that at all. And they should have just had a back and forth between those three characters. Mm-hmm. Just faces. And then suddenly, when he strikes, it goes back to Snoke and Snoke's been stabbed. That would have been a great reveal. You could probably see like, it. You think the way they edited the scene? They shouldn't have shown Luke's lightsaber at all until the very end. And yeah, it's you're again, right. it's again, it's a very like obvious choice that they fucked up on. Yeah, it's, it's like I mean, it, it just... took the wind out of that death scene for me because I'm like, right. now not only do I not know anything about fucking Snoke, who somehow raids this empire level army, now he's dead. Right. What the fuck? Yeah, it's just it's it's unfortunate. It, of all the the characters that they developed really well, for each one they developed well, there's one that they killed off in this episode that they didn't develop well. Mm-hmm. Like, Phasma dies as well. And I don't... I was, or we think, maybe she'll come back. I uh. thought... Oh, you're right, maybe not. But it felt like she she literally fell into a, a, like a, a, a pit of fire. I'm sure her suit can contain all that. I, I don't oh, you know. you think so? I mean, and like, again, she's on screen for so little... She, they're, they're doing like Boba Fett unintentionally became popular despite being very little in the movies and they're re- replicating that like happenstance but not realizing that well, that was an accident they're, they're replicating the <coughs> they're replicating Star Wars' ability to make characters out of nothing but um, they're not developing them but no I mean they don't need, sometimes they don't even need to be developed like Phasma will be merchandise regardless yeah. of whether or not she's dead. I mean, I mean that's what they're going for. I just I don't know how effective it's going to be because it'll be effective. She looks cool. That's the point. Oh, uh, one other thing we should definitely talk about is music. Yeah, music is interesting because once again parallels to four, five, and six. 
each place has its very signature sound. Mm -hmm. And it's very heavy. The whole series is heavily heavy on the symphony. Mm -hmm. Very big fanfare. Mm -hmm. Every place has a very unique sound. And it's not necessarily um, subtle or dramatic. It's just theme music that goes, right? It can be subtle and dramatic. It can. Not but always, like, but it can be. But what I'm getting is, uh, is it's music. Mm-hmm. It's not a, 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 a cue to make you feel something. It's but it not, can. It's not sad. No, I'm talking about the theme music. I'm talking about the Hoth music. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the Death Star Run music. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about... Um, they had a um, Ewok planet. They have music for the Ewok planet. I think it was very light. I think it was. But they have they have music actually. for everything. They have music. Yeah. They have the. Yeah. They have the. Whenever the force plays, you see you hear. In this music, in this movie, the music felt impotent. Because it was just like, hey, these are the scores that John Williams does that everyone knows, and we'll just play them everywhere all the time. I know, but like they had new places. The Salt Planet Mm -hmm. should have had its own theme music, did it? No. Well, if it did, I don't remember it, and that's the problem. And it should have been strong and loud, and because a lot of crazy things are happening, it's Mm -hmm. the dramatic end, you know, of the Rebel Alliance. There should have been something powerful there. And if they're going to go off and do this weird, crazy adventure in the casino, that place should have its own fucking music. It did. Snoke very, should have his own very music. Very, briefly. The casino did have its own thing. It was like a maramba thing. But again, very too brief. Not, yeah. it wasn't, and that's the problem that you're honing in on is that 4, 5, and 6 had theme music. Every place has a theme but and it plays more, through it. But more what I'm getting but at. But in this one, let me just do this quickly. In this one, it's, those themes are really cool. And we're just going to use them almost in every scene to evoke different emotions, right. with, with missing the fact that no, they they were specifically used in certain scenes. You have to match them. You can't just be like, "This right. is the soundtrack we're going to p- revolve with." It's right. just it doesn't work that way. But I think more importantly, the music that was there for a place belonged to the place, not mm. to the emotion. Well, except for the force. Okay, all right. Yes. Here, everything was about <coughs> the emotion. Mm-hmm. Um whatever it was to get you to evoke whatever emotion you were supposed to feel, the director wanted you to feel, Mm -hmm. instead of just having something there in the background. And that is the nostalgic part. That is the part that makes us go back. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. You're 90% there without the music. That music is the last 10% that takes you 100% there. Without it, it feels uh, like an empty shotgun shell, a blank. And it's, yeah, we we really did need some new music, and they just recycled what they had. And one one of the few and things I would never change if I made a Star Wars movie is the music. I would definitely keep it, but I but would this, use it correctly. But this is one of the things that George Lucas did in the prequels that was very effective. Well, John Williams did. John, he, he, the music was present. The symphonic, um, the the the, the um, yeah. What is it? The the new the new da, 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 the new da, bad guy uh, uh, Battle of Fates I think yeah like, the, the new bad guy music in the prequels is badass it's great there's a lot of good music in the prequels and they f- they missed that opportunity and even in this like one. now go- that music is really good mm-hmm. because it's John Williams he's really good use him you have him well, why are you not I mean, using him 
this is a perfect opportunity for a new composer, too. Sure. I, I think this would be a great moment to bring in some new talent. It's, but again, that's not, it's not Disney's objective to blaze trails. It's to be safe. And they're doing a great job of it. And because they're doing such a good job at it, I'm like, I know that Nine's going to have all these same problems, or I'm assuming it yeah. will. I, you've missed the boat on me of doing a new, like the new trilogy is like, what I've been asking for, I don't care anymore because I've already had three movies disappoint me. I don't care. I'm probably going to see nine. I may not even see it in the theater. We'll see. Um, whatever, you know, it was, there were fun parts of it, but it falls apart really, really quickly. And it's, it's just, there's too much disappointment and there's too many missed opportunities and obvious just differences. I think it's very possible you and I are not the target demographic anymore. Well, I mean, everyone's. This is Star Wars. It's, a, it's, it's Disney to rake Star it Wars. Literally everyone. Well, four, five, and six weren't aimed at everybody, but they caught everybody. And then the prequels. Who knows who the fuck he was targeting? Definitely kids, but also all that weird political stuff is just stuffy and weird. Yeah. Who the fuck was that for? Four, five, and six, lowest common denominator. And I don't want that. I want a movie that takes risks. And four, I, and, five, and six. You mean seven, eight, nine? Yeah, sorry, 789 is is just lowest common denominator. It's like, people were saying it's subversive and it's challenging, and I didn't get that at all. Well, the, there are some... Cha- there are some... Um, there's a couple moments, there's but a few, nothing like, big. This, intri- like, the structure of the story is what they played with. That's what they played with the most with, but that's what they had to change without it to, in order to keep it from just and that's continuing and being Empire Strikes Back. And I, I didn't feel like challenged. I felt like, good God, movie, slow the fuck down. We it, do not need to be bouncing like this fast. A lot of stuff happened and not everything made sense in why it happened. A lot it just ha- happened. And a lot happened and I didn't care that it happened. It felt meaningless. It's like, why yeah. is this in the movie? Like the casino scene. That was like half an hour. It was like completely pointless. It was, it was stupid. Uh, so... I can see why people like this movie, and I'm not going to say that you shouldn't. If this is catering to what you want in a Star Wars movie, cool. But I'm no longer on board. If we're mm. if we're starting to wrap up here, oh, it does sound like we're at a wrap up point. Yeah, we okay. could talk more, but like we just we could talk ourselves. forever on this Star Wars. Mm. Um, yeah. You have anything else you want to add before we kind of answer our last questions? Um. I want my oh, I want my seventy sci-fi back, yeah. In some sense, <laughs> yeah. like I, 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 they need they need to take more risks than what they are taking. They're not gonna. But at the same time, less risks. Like <laughs> like like the like what what am I saying is they they need to this is a they're doing all the same stuff Hollywood is doing these days, which yeah. is the. The, um, Bring in a different director, quick, save the movie, and then right. it feels terrible when right. you watch and it. And then everything is, it, inter- like, CG still has the, the um, for some reason, still has the um, identity of being new and fresh and um, um, the most cutting edge thing you can do. Mm-hmm. But it it takes away so much at the same time because they're spending so much time to make things look so unrealistic that your brain goes, nope, that doesn't work. 
my, my I can't physically that physically doesn't work. I'm already taken out of this situation. Yeah. You want to go well um Star Wars isn't sci-fi, it's science fantasy. Um Blade Runner 2049 fucking nailed it for me this year. Mm -hmm. That was a great film. Uh they should have taken more cues from that, but they're Disney, they can do oh, what they want. I, well, I mean, they're not going to I mean 2049 wasn't that much of a success though. It made a profit, but yeah, it didn't make enough of a profit. Yeah. It's it'll be a commercial failure by Hollywood standards these days, which is a shame and a crime. Yeah. Uh yeah, so to wrap up I have a lot of mixed feelings about this movie. Same, same, same. Is it a good movie? Apart outside of Star Wars, just on uh, its own. On its own? Mm-hmm. On its own it would have been uh, how how could you ever describe this movie as being on its own though? Uh, the same way Rogue One would have to be. Um, just a general space movie. Um, I think if it didn't have the attachment to Star Wars that it had, I do think it is a good movie. I think it's, if outside the context of Star Wars, yeah, I would say it's better than in the context. I still probably, I don't know if I would be super happy with it. It's hard to say. I think maybe the stuff they didn't explain, I could explain away. So maybe I would have liked it more. Yeah, within, you have a point there. Within the universe of Star Wars, you, you just feel like the heart isn't there. Mm -hmm. There's Except, definitely people trying. But there trying. are a few moments. That's the whole thing about yeah. it, though, because there are a few moments where the heart is there, and that's when Yoda comes back, and yeah. that's when they try so hard with Kylo Ren's character. But they just, they, for every... That's when Luke, yeah. who is now out of the series, um, mm -hmm. is... Shines he, so I mean, bright. Mark Hamill is by far the best actor in this movie. He did great. Yeah. Um, that that's the problem. It's like there are, there's writing in there, and there's effects in there, and there's scenes in there that like yes, it's there's a great Star Wars movie trying to get out, and it's on for every good scene. There's like five that I'm like, Ugh, or I'm actively angry at going, mm -hmm. why the fuck is this here? And that unfortunately. You know, I, I that doesn't make it a good movie to me. It makes it makes a bland movie that um, had potential. Mm -hmm. So, as a Star Wars movie, is it good? I would say almost. <laughs> almost, but is almost a good is word. not good enough for me to say. Yeah, it's a good movie. Almost is. Uh, I think where I'm gonna lay that one too. Um, will we be seeing any of the new Star Wars movies? I will see nine to close this out, just yeah. to see what happens with Kylo Ren. Um, beyond that, no. I won't be seeing the standalones. I won't be seeing the new trilogy. I will not be seeing the live action TV show. After this, I'm done with Star Wars. I am pretty much there with you. Mm -hmm. Maybe nine will blow us away and it'll give us new hope. Ha <laughs> um, And then we'll go back and watch a new hope. I, I highly doubt it. But uh, if, if nine's going to be anything like eight and seven, where just Disney's fucking imprint is everywhere. Um, I'm not gonna like it. Okay, what what's the last question? That is the last question. Okay, so it isn't. Is this does this affect your life in any way? Then it's permanently damaged. No, <laughs> no. I mean, like I'll, other than the time we put into this review, I will always have the original trilogy. I'll always have Kotor one and two. There's, you know, nothing can kill your childhood. Um, it's I'm I'm okay moving on. You know. Even with the new Star Trek, which I haven't seen yet, but doesn't like every new Star Trek for the past few years has been a complete failure for me and not interesting. Um, I still <laughs> love Star Trek. I love sci-fi and I will be on the lookout for new great 
sci-fi and science fantasy stuff. I think that's where we're at is that we're just we're we're Chris and I are both begging for for new universes. Mm-hmm. To 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 tickle our fancy, and not everything has to be a new universe. Arrival was fantastic. Give me more arrivals. Give me more um, ex machinas. You know, hell, I even liked Oblivion. At least they were trying something in Oblivion. Yeah, which which is why I want to go. I, there were a few um, commercials before the Star Wars movie actually that did mm-hmm. look interesting. Annihilation looks interesting. It looks interesting. It may not be what we think it is, but I definitely want to give Annihilation a I, try. I, I'm interested actually in looking at the book because mm-hmm. uh, I think they made all the wrong decisions with the trailer. They pretty much told us everything that's going to be in the movie. It's so hard to get past trailers these days and to judge movies on trailers and i try not to but yeah if i see it enough times i'm like oh great everything's been spoiled for me but yeah i'm i'm interested in reading that book maybe 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 Um, maybe we'll talk about it in the coming (laughs) months and uh we just i just read the martian and that was pretty fun oh Oh, the martian chronicles martian chronicles yes old old book by not bradbury um what's his face or was it bradbury it was bradbury it was ray bradbury Bradbury. i'm still reading neuromancer actually enjoying it a lot just taking my time yeah uh but yeah thank you everybody for joining us on this uh and please don't hour and a half talk about star wars how why did you make me do this? So um, we are going to be back to regular content in the new year. We're probably not going to be weekly, but we are going to be doing more literature. We're going to be doing movies. We're going to be doing um, all sorts of stuff. We're going to be expanding our content, and we're excited to do more. And uh, we got a lot of cool stuff planned. So thank you for being with us. Uh, here's the 100 subscribers, which we just reached. Did we? Did we, we did. reach 100 finally? I know. Finally got us our own damn URL. <laughs> Which is nice. Wow. Yeah. Um, thank you to AJ, who reached out to me um, to say so congrats on the 100. That's how Aww. I learned about it. Aww. Uh, thank you. For, you That's know, sweet. Thank you for being there, dude, and for being a very constant supporter. Um, we really appreciate it. Thank you to everybody. We're going to get in touch with more authors uh, in the coming months. We're going to get back into everything and new stuff. So. Yes, and we should... I still want to read more more uh, pulp sci-fi. Are we going to do any more? Absolutely, of that? we are. It's most of it's on the Internet Archive now, which is great. That stuff is the best. That stuff is the best. Well, I mean, I it, mean it's it's also pretty. It's terrible. the best experience, but you know, holy shit, some of it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, all right. Thank you, all guys, right. and goodbye. To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. And amusings are your musings. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Hi, I'm David. And I'm Kayla. And if it wasn't readily apparent from that, we're huge nerds about Disney. That's why we're doing the Animusings Podcast. Once a month, we'll sit down and talk about a film in detail from the Walt Disney Animation Studios filmography, covering them in chronological order, from Snow White to Moana and beyond. To Moana and beyond! Sweetie, we're not doing Pixar yet. We'll do that after. And that's going to be a long time coming. Anyway, if that sounds up your alley, come join Kayla and I, and maybe a guest or two, as we explore the Disney animated canon, film by film. With the hope that it'll be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Ooh, nicely said. Don't thank me. Thank Walt. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.